following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Remember, the first rule of gambling responsibly is to bet with your head and not over it. Ladies and gentlemen, Cousin Vito's Casino Podcast proudly presents your guide to enjoying gambling. And now, direct from the bar, your cousin and mine, Cousin Vito. Welcome everybody to Cousin Vito's Casino Podcast, your guide to enjoying gambling. I'm your host, Cousin Vito, and together we're going to make luck happen at the casino. Thank you for checking out another glorious episode, the first of 2021. And I'd like to welcome back a very special guest, Robin from Anytime Gambling. Robin, Happy New Year! Hey, Happy New Year, Vito. What a year it is, huh? Uh, this is the first year, Robin. I fell asleep 10 minutes before the ball dropped, woke up 10 minutes after. I, I was like delirious. I don't know what happened. I'm disappointed in myself. Well, we we ate at a 10 of, and I think we were in bed by 10 after 10, so <laughs> we kind of beat you. Well, you, you know, you didn't miss much because when I woke up, I had the TV on anyway. And because of the COVID, I had the Times Square thing. There was like one guy dancing in the street. So I was I was yeah. thought I was dreaming. I was like, what is I was like, what's going on? I was like, what's this? Did it happen yet? And then I was like, oh, the COVID. I forgot about it when I woke up. Yeah, it was a little sad seeing that uh, empty Times Square. But, you know, hope's on its way. Oh, yeah. And well, you know, the casinos are still open, so we're doing good, I would say. I mean, I'm, I'm doing OK. I mean, it was it was a long year. But, you know, we all learned a little bit about ourselves. I'm kind of excited for 2021. You know, I got to stay home. You get to know your family a little bit better. I got to gamble a little bit more. I don't want to say thoughtfully, but with more purpose, if you can believe that. <laughs> if that if you can do that, I play craps with a purpose now, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought the, the purpose was the drink with the with the craps, but uh, um, no, that's true. I, I, I'm learning how to type. I've uh, I took <laughs> care of all my all my vinyl. Um, I gave away some some books that I've never really read anyways in the last thirty years. So yeah, you start to figure out what's important and what isn't. And uh, what's really important to me, Robin, is my tier status at Foxwoods now. That's what I got to work on. We got to work on the tier status. We got a big show this week, though. We got you, Robin. You went to Foxwoods for the five times tier credits day. I had something come up. I took. I didn't even end up going. I could weep thinking about it. But we have a special trip report from you about the Foxwoods Resort Casino and your five times tier credit day. Oh yeah, the five time credit. I I could not let that go by. And it was uh, it was a great day. Joe Frieder and I went up and uh, had a great time. I am jealous, but I'm excited to hear about that. But we're going to hear about that after a very special interview. This week, we have Craig Carton from WFAN on the show. Robin, Craig was one of the inspirations for me to start this podcast way back when. His morning show, uh, WFAN, it was a pioneer in sports radio. I'm sure you heard of Mike and the Mad Dog, baby. So Mike and the, Mike and the Mad Dog's original station, Craigie, started in 2007 with Boomer and Carton on the Boomer and Carton show. Wonderful show. Loved it. He got in a little trouble, though, because of gambling. And now we get to hear about his problem gambling and what he's doing, how he's doing. He's back on the fan. He actually has a new radio show coming out on the fan this Saturday, Robin, January 9th. It's, hello, my name is Craig. It's going to be a problem gambling show to hopefully keep everybody in check because, I, you know, there's one thing I try to be humble but part of being humble is you can't be cocky on the inside. You got to know that sometimes you got to reevaluate your, your, even if it's not just gambling, it could be drinking, it could be eating, could be any sort of habit. And I feel like first show of the new year, this is a good time to reevaluate, you know, maybe think about, Hey, am I on the right path here? Am I heading down a wrong path? 
Yep, absolutely. And I, I understand that uh, Craig is actually uh, giving back with these with these new episodes of the podcast that he's coming up with. So, you know, that, that's really great to hear. Yes, and uh, honestly, we'll, we'll get into it after the uh, the interview, but I was a little nervous, Robin. You know, I mean, I, we've interviewed a lot of guys on the show. We've had uh, casino owners, dealers. I've had all sorts of people, and I was really nervous to interview Craig at being as one of my inspirations for the show. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. It'd be like uh, interviewing Francesa. Yeah, it'd be up there. I, I think I'm more nervous for Craig because Francesa, I know, would rip me apart. Craig, he could have ripped me <laughs> apart. That was what I was nervous about is because if you listen to his show, sometimes you call in, you catch him the wrong way. He'll he'll uh, he'll tell you what it's like. But yeah, I, I, that yeah. was my that was my nerves for it, too. I was like, oh, hopefully this doesn't turn into a uh, cousin Vito roast here. And I, and I have to <laughs> hang my podcast on microphone up for the final time. Oh, yeah. And let me know if there's a roast sometime. I, I'd like to be invited to that as well. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that could do a great job roasting me here. But I could take it. I, I, I could take the joke. So, But, you know, I'm thinking, Robin, what we'll do is we'll jump right into this Craig Carton interview. And then after the interview, I would really love to pick your brain and hear about this uh, Foxwoods five times tier credit trip. Because I was planning on going. Something came up, like I said. And, you know, I kind of want to live vicariously through you because I want those tier credits. I want to make platinum this year. Yep. Well, that sounds like a plan. So... You know, let's get going. All right. Well, without further ado, I'd like to welcome in WFAN shock jock, Craig Carton. All right. I am here with a very, very special guest today, folks. We have uh, one of the inspirations for me to start the Cousin Vito Casino podcast many years ago. The former co-host of the number one Boomerang Carton show, the current co-host of the future number one Carton and Robert show on WFAN, Craig Carton. It's an honor to have you on the program. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, how's everyone doing? Everyone's healthy, I hope, and COVID-free, huh? We're hanging in there. You know, I got the little baby. He's doing good. I mean, he know, oh, he only knows people with masks, though, so I don't know what that's going to do to him. It's like a twilight zone, but he knows yeah. my face and the wife's face, so that's good enough, yeah. I guess. He's going to think that his dad is a superhero, I guess. Oh, yeah, hopefully. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. And, Craig, I, I want to really thank you for coming on the show because it's been a, a long road here. It seems like, you know, years ago, uh, Boomer and Carton was at the Mohegan Sun having a great time, and now we find ourselves in 2020. You're back on the radio, but you've had a real interesting adventure that I feel like a lot of our listeners can, you know, hopefully learn a lot from. Yeah, listen, I, I messed up. I uh, threw everything away that I worked so hard for uh, because I – was chasing something that was kind of like chasing a ghost. I was chasing, you know, the next blackjack table, the next blackjack game. And, you know, if you had six decks of cards and chips, uh, there was a good chance that you were going to find me sitting across the table from you. And unfortunately for me, that took over my life and uh, all rational thought went out the window. And my life became, you know, frankly, kind of a, a joke in that the things that clearly matter the most to me suddenly became secondary to. How can I play blackjack? Where can I play blackjack? Uh, and that became the overriding thought of every day. And that uh, became a real problem. And it wasn't until I recognized I had a problem that I was able to get myself help for it. And that's part of the deal is you know, living in denial of having a problem, which is pure ego, I think. And then ultimately, once you come to terms with it, what, what steps do you take to try to figure it out and uh, cure the problem? And I'm in the middle of that now. Now, on your path as a gambler, obviously, while while this was happening and things were getting out of control, you weren't sitting there, you know, sometimes the red flags don't look like red flags when you're flying by them. But when you look back, 
you know, were there moments that you said, you know, that that should have been a red flag and I kind of brushed it off or, you know, did the, 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 the drive to go to the casino change or, you know, what, what you were getting out of it? Yeah, I mean, looking back on it, there's so many moments where I look back and I go, well, how stupid was I? Why didn't I recognize that I was out of control? Whether that was, you know, trying to uh, you know, play blackjack on my phone, <laughs> sneaking off to the bathroom doing parties or whatever events just to play, you know, 20 quick hands of blackjack. Um, for giving my using my credit card for a company that was based in Malta, you know, just assuming that things things would go well. <laughs> um, you're getting on a helicopter or a plane, you know, at midnight to go to a casino with the hopes of being back in time to do the show in New York City, playing in underground games, not knowing what I was walking into. Uh, and I look back at all those decisions, and unfortunately, there's a lot of them in which it was so clear that that's not normal, that's not recreational, that's not responsible. And it doesn't mean I lost all the time because you can win a lot of money and that feeds into even more. You know, There's a part of me that thinks if I sucked at it and I had lost early on, that I never would have gone down the road I went. Um, but I didn't. And I think winning just fuels the desire to do it more and more and more, at least in my case, that's what happened. And, it wasn't sports gambling. It wasn't poker. It was, it was blackjack. I fell in love with blackjack and trying to figure out how I could get the advantage over the house uh, and beat the game of blackjack. And for a period of time, I felt like I did. But, you know, that's fool's gold because when it, it takes over your life and all you're thinking about 24-7 is the next game of blackjack. And then the winning and losing becomes irrelevant. And it's just a matter of sitting at that table that became the drug. The winning and losing became immaterial to me, which is crazy. Now, towards the end there, what, what was your average bet a hand on blackjack? Because, you know, some of us, you go in $5 a hand, $25 a hand. At what point, I mean, you, you basically those lower level hands, they didn't really do it for you. You got to a point where you needed that big action every hand. Yeah, I don't talk a lot about the amounts uh, only because I think it glorifies it. Um, I, I have, I've discussed it once on the air, so I'll, I'll say the same that I'd sit in the air to you. And there was a point where I played two hands of $15,000 per hand. So I have $30,000 every turn. And, you know, that's far beyond what my means were financially, what I could afford. Um, but that's what I did. And for, for a lot of us, you know, Pat, Patsy, we're recreational gamblers and, you know, uh, we're, we're, some of us have our own struggles, I guess. But we, casinos, they try to lure you in and, and sometimes they give you free rooms, free things. Now, what sort of what were the casinos giving you at that type of, uh, you know, average daily theoretical play? I mean, they casinos must have been falling over themselves to try and get you in the door. Yeah, I mean, listen, I was offered everything. I was offered and uh, given cash to walk in the door. Casinos would give me at times six figures of their money to play with just to get me to walk in the door. I, I was offered jewelry and all sorts of things, but none of that, so that's really the, part of the sickness. I, none of that mattered to me. The only thing I cared about, the only thing I took advantage of as far as that type of stuff was the transportation. And I only, it wasn't like I wanted to be on a private jet or a helicopter. I said yes to it because it got me there faster. So I took advantage of that. I can't tell you the amount of jets and helicopters I flew on, but not because I wanted to ride in style. I was calculating if I get there 45 minutes earlier, I can play 500 more hands. It was all about the amount of hands I wanted to play. Like, for example, I would reserve multiple tables at once. 
and where I would say to the, the table I wasn't playing at, start shuffling before I finish at this table, because I don't want to waste the time, which is all of about a minute, maybe 90 seconds for a professional dealer to shuffle six decks of cards. I didn't want to sit and wait for the shuffle. I'm trying to maximize how many hands I can play in whatever amount of time I had there. And again, that's part of, you know, the sickness. Like, how could you not, like, it's literally 90 seconds. <laughs> you, can't, you can't wait 90 seconds for the person to shuffle? No, I couldn't. And it would drive me crazy if the next table wasn't shuffled and I would bounce from tables, making sure. I, there were times I called a casino in route, shuffle the cards. <laughs> now, some casinos, they don't do that. It's their laws. You know, they can't shuffle without a player sitting in front of them. And some do. And there were times I'd walk in and, you know, the, the shoe of cards is ready waiting for me to get there. And that's how I wanted it. Was blackjack always your passion? Did you know, reading your biography, Loudmouth, you know that gambling was part of the fabric of your adolescence a little bit. And watching the, the wild card documentary, you could see that, you know, obviously it became all consuming. But was there a point, you know, where it was just a recreational casino thing? Was there a moment that it turned from a healthy way to kind of lose a little extra money, have some fun to where... No, this is this is really became my problem. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a time when I was able to play recreationally, and I would be in a casino just a handful of times a year, and win or lose, it, it was what it was. And then uh, there came a point where I think part of me talking about how much I liked uh, playing blackjack on the radio, and then having the opportunity to have people fund my play, that's where I went from. And I like doing it a lot, but okay, it's under control to all of a sudden, wow, I now have obscene, I have access to obscene amounts of money. And that became, for me, overwhelming and something I couldn't say no to. And and you could see how a lot of gamblers, you, you, you have a problem, you end up going broke, it's your own personal problem and you deal with it privately where it became a public problem because of this easy money that was actually coming in, kind of feeding this this uh, addiction that was growing in a way. Like I, I see you have a stack of books there to your left. Yes. And one of the books there, it says a guide to winning blackjack. Yes. I mean, throw, throw it out <laughs> because, you know, I've been asked a lot. Oh, did you count cards? Did you do this? Did you do that? No, I had a good idea what, you know, the deck, what, where, you know, kind of where it was at, but I'm not a counter. Uh, those books are not going to help the average person play because the average person, the speed of the game is far too fast for anything they teach in that book to ever make sense to anyone, for everyone ever to, for, for anyone to ever actually apply, uh, apply what those uh, books are going to tell people how to do it. Um, you know, when I played, the rules were different. You know, when I played, you know, the dealer has to stick on a soft 17. I could split aces twice. Uh, there were things that changed the odds of the game to make it closer to 50-50. Um, the average person... It's like any other game. You could sit down for 20 minutes and beat anyone. You sit down for three hours, you're most likely going to lose. And that, that's, the, that's the deal with, with all casino games. Like, if you sit down, I'm not a poker player, but if I sit down at a, at a, at a table playing Texas Hold'em, yeah, for 25 minutes, a half hour, I can win. But if I'm going against professionals, the longer I stay there, the less likely is I got a shot to win. And that's, that's the case with, uh, with Blackjack as well. 
So, so in a way, as you're, you're playing your, uh, uh, a basically a, a basic strategy blackjack, and the casinos, because of what you're wagering, the casinos were changing the rules a little bit because you were a high roller to even entice you to play more, to give you that mental, I don't want to say illusion, but to give you the feeling that, you know what, this is a good game. I could win this game here mathematically, possibly. Oh, listen, it's a mathematic game. It's the only game in a casino where what happened before dictates what happens next. So if you're aware of that and have a mind that works fast enough to keep up with that, you have a decent idea of what's going on, sure. Um, it's also, you know, the average player can't do a lot of the things that I was able to do. It's not afforded to them. And that's, of course, a, a means by which the casino wants a guy like me to come in and play. And I was happy to oblige them because, you know, it came all-consuming. It's all I wanted to do. And if, if it's something I wanted to do anyway – and now they're willing to change the rules that benefit me. That was just more of a reason to go do it. Now, prior to um, the blackjack, I don't want to say obsession, but prior to, to really getting into blackjack, when you would go to the casino before that, were you always drawn to the blackjack table or did you do a little sports betting, a little craps, play some slots, or was it just for you the blackjack is what gave you that, that feeling, that rush? You know, it's funny. I've never in my life made a sports wager in a casino. I never did uh, now, I've bet on sports in my life, but I never once did it in a casino. I, I never, craps was never for me. Uh, I still to this day don't understand a lot of the rules of craps. Uh, roulette was, you know, boring. Slots, boring. But the speed of blackjack and the way my brain processes numbers always had uh, an attraction to me. And then the attraction became an addiction, unfortunately. And and as a as a fan of the show, I loved hearing the gambling stories. But on a lighter note, I kind of liked your casino eating stories also, because as a yeah. as a self professed glutton myself, part of my love and part of a lot of the listeners' love of the casino lifestyle is those big meals, those you know the big nights out. You have that extra cocktail. Now to get to a little lighter side of the casino fun, were there any uh, you know favorite restaurants? Were there any favorite casinos of yours that? And if so. What drew you to those casinos to play? I just wanted to, I mean, because I've been to some gorgeous, beautiful, amazing properties and ones that aren't so beautiful and great. It didn't matter to me. I was just looking for a game to play. And the more private, the better. I was not um, I was not a guy looking for attention. I didn't want people to know the amounts I was gambling, certainly. I didn't want people to see me gambling. I tried to uh, play as much in private as possible. So... There are private rooms that, you know, most people never, don't even know exist. If they had it, I wanted it. I wanted to gamble in private. This was not about being a you know, showman or showing off or any of that. It was just about my desire to be in this cocoon of playing blackjack where I felt good and comfortable. And the more private, the better. I was, you'd never see me yell and scream at a hand. You know, I wasn't to throw things. I didn't jump up and down. And if I could avoid all people and playing private, you know, that's what I tried to do as often as possible. And the casino itself rarely mattered because I was just looking to play. Okay, so and and from outside, you you must have went to Atlantic City um, more often than not from where you were. Now I'm I'm assuming Borgata is one of the more popular ones down there. Was the Borgato, you know, one of the ones you would go to a lot, or, or did you mix it up, or you know, how how did it work for you? Just out of curiosity. You name a casino on the East Coast. And I've been- <laughs> Okay, well, I, I believe that. Florida, name a casino. I've, I've, said, I've been there for sure and was probably at some point or another one of their, if not their biggest player. Now, about 18 months. 
we kind of we kind of touched on this about you know any red flags for gamblers, but like for instance, for you know for any addiction, it starts out small. It's like a grain of sand, or it's it snowballs down the hill like a you know like a ski slope, and then all of a sudden it's this giant thing you can't control. Now, when when you look back, what is there any event or anything that might have changed the trajectory or the course of your gambling? Because it starts out innocent enough, you know, even even through this show. Uh, you know, when, when everything happened with you, it was, you know, it, it had an effect on me in the show. Cause I started saying, what am I doing? I started reevaluating what was happening with me. Cause in a way, you know, not that you're a gambling idol at the time, but in a way, you know, it was kind of like I was living vicariously and sharing that fun through you. Yeah, I think a couple things. I think, you know, when you're starting to process and try to compartmentalize why it's okay to risk this money on, on gambling, as opposed to using it for, you know, your mortgage or rent or, you know, Christmas gifts or Hanukkah gifts or whatever the case may be, you know, if you're justifying to yourself why it's okay to do it, all these things are indications, I think, of having a problem. If you go to the casino with a couple hundred bucks that you can afford to lose and you lose it and walk out the door, great. You know, if you're hitting the ATM machine five times while you're there, that's a problem. You know, like basic money management, discipline, you know, chasing losses, that's a problem, whether it's blackjack or sports or, or any other type of gambling. And I've talked about this a lot. It's no one's fault but my own. But, you know, when I went on the radio one day and told my partner that if he gave me $10,000, I would guarantee him $25,000 back. And the fact that I successfully did that, you know, I wish I could have that day back. I wish I never said it. I wish it never happened. Not to say that I wasn't going to go down that road anyway privately. I probably would have. But that uh, I think that expedited my trip down the rabbit hole. Um in a manner that I wish it hadn't. But again, that came down to ego. And, you know, I think a lot of gamblers think, you know, it's like you ever go to the track, everyone thinks they're the best at it, right? They all can handicap better than anybody else, which never made sense to me. I, I always thought I had some kind of control over how I played, which might sound silly to people. But when people like handicap horses, like the horses don't know they're in a race, how could you possibly know what's going to happen? I never, I never got that. I know I'm probably wrong about that, but... I never got it. You know what, though? But that's part of the fun and superstition of gambling for a lot of people is you set those dice, you throw them. Oh, my fa- yeah. my, my father's birthday is 10-10. I'm going to play that at the roulette table. Sometimes you can talk yourself into believing things that aren't necessarily true. Well, listen, we all do, of course. We do it all the time. Whatever your, you know, your lucky charm is, your rabbit's foot, the coin your dead grandfather gave you, whatever it might be, you know, everyone's got something. And at the end of the day, don't mean a damn thing. Because once they shuffle and, you know, the cards are in place, they are what they are. And there are such things being, you know, better at it than others, for sure. Uh, but that goes with anything in life. So, listen, I'm here. Before we wrap it up, you know, I made terrible mistakes. Uh, and I paid a dear, dear price for those mistakes. And I should be clear that all those mistakes are self-inflicted. Nobody held a gun to my head and made me do anything that I was doing. I started making bad decisions in my personal life based on my need and desire to, to gamble and have more money to gamble and more money to gamble. And it cost me my freedom. It cost me my job, of course, uh, income, and everything that comes along with it, family and friends, you know, strained relationships. And if I can be a cautionary tale to someone who listens to your podcast or someone in your life, from far majority of people, gambling is great, it's recreational, it's fun, it's responsible, and you can do it, no problem. Great. And I'm not saying not to. I'm just saying that you might have somebody in your life, if not you, 
that is showing signs of it being more than that. And just look out for it. You know, it doesn't mean you're going to prison. doesn't mean you know, your life's going to end tomorrow. But it could mean that there's some trouble ahead. And if you can be aware of that and keep your eyes open to that just as a possibility, just to be aware that it could happen or it might be happening, then I'd like to be the conduit to you know, send that message and hopefully save somebody from going through what I went through and, more importantly, what I put my family through. And hopefully that'll be the message that comes out of this. Thank you. And and before I let you go, Craig, I'm, I see that you are uh, you're going to have a, a little show on the mornings now on WFA on Saturday, a problem gambling show. What's going to happen with that? How, how, do you have any plans yet? Any guests? How, how's that going to work? Because, I mean, I might be setting my alarm clock on Saturday mornings now. Well, it's going to be starting in January. It's going to be Saturday mornings at 930. Uh, we're partnering with 1-800-GAMBLER. I say you're a here. Um, and we're just to talk about gambling addiction. And I'll share some personal stories I haven't shared yet. And we'll have experts on to talk about addiction, how it manifests itself, kind of, you know, the signs, what to look for. We'll have other people on like myself who are recovering addicts who will share their stories. And I think by putting a personal touch on it and letting your audience or our audience hear the, the depths that people have gone to fulfill their need to gamble I think will be eye-opening. I think it'll shock some people. I'll give you two quick stories. You know, I met a 9-11 widow. Okay. And she received a, a seven-figure settlement because she lost her husband in 9-11. And she gambled it all away and then took her own life afterwards. Oh, my God. These, these, these are real people. She had family. She had kids. I met another woman who used to play slots and her husband knew she had a problem. And whenever she wasn't around, she's a, a, an elementary school teacher. He would go to the casino because he knew that's where she was. Oh my and he'd drag her out. And one day in the middle of a snowstorm, she's missing. He goes to the casino. Kind of, you know, I, when I say drag, I don't mean literally. You know, pulls her out of the casino. They're driving away from the casino. She jumped out of the car, broke her ankle, and crawled back into the casino to play penny slots. Oh, my God. Elementary school teacher. These are wow. real stories. These are real people. And I think when they share their stories on our show, which is going to be called Hello, My Name is Craig, which is how I introduce myself at GA meetings, I think people will start getting a better handle on, wow, it could be my neighbor. It could be my son, my brother, you know, my cousin who has a problem. And maybe these stories will illuminate to people that there's something going on that they can help stop before it gets to that level. And that's what I'm hoping it does, but it starts January 9th. It'll be Saturday mornings at 9.30. There'll be a podcast that goes with it. And it kind of, so it's on demand. And I'm looking forward to doing it. I think it'll be a really good thing. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Craig. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. you got to go live in a little bit. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Anyone listening, you can follow Craig on Twitter, uh, at Craig Carton Live, I believe, these days, correct? Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, check it out. We do a lot of good stuff there. And, of course, 2 to 7 on the fan with Evan Roberts. And hopefully uh, people are listening and we'll start to listen. Oh, yeah. Download that radio.com app. Search Craig Carton. You'll find him on there. And starting in January, we'll have a second show for you. Craig, thank you so much for coming out. I don't want to take up any more of your time. And uh, best of luck with everything. And love having you back on the airwaves. I appreciate it. Be good. Stay safe. Have a great New Year. Uh, you too. Thank you. 
All right. Well, Robin, that was uh, Craig Carton. Remember, check out his show, WFAN660. You go to radio.com. This Saturday, he's doing Hello, My Name is Craig, uh, January 9th. I'll be tuning in for 9.30 a.m., but you can catch him every week, 2 p.m. radio, him and Evan Robertson. You know, I'm a New York sports guy. We got the Jets, the Giants, the Knicks, the Nets. We got, I mean, we got a lot of teams here to keep track of. Yeah, that was a great uh, that was a great piece, and I got to tell you, the only time I used to listen to the fan was when the Sox or the Pats or the Celtics won, and I wanted to hear what <laughs> the New York opinion was. So, I know I would enjoy that uh, that little bitterness that that would come across. But great piece, uh, nice nice stuff from Carton. And I got to say, you know, Robin, I I don't want to sound you know naive. But, you know, I've known people that have gambled a little too much and had problems. But listening to Craig's story, you know, I, it's it, the, the tunnel vision he had with the blackjack was so interesting to me. Because, I, you know, I, I, I obviously had a documentary. There was all this stuff. I, I, you know, I knew what happened to him. But, you know, to hear him talk about this, this you know, almost irrational obsession with blackjack and, you know, going to the Borgata and having private tables and not waiting for the shuffle and going to the next table. It's like, you know... Not that I get like that. I did tell last time I told the story about the pie god table. I went to the craft table where they were shuffling. So I don't know. <laughs> that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. But, you know, just, just to hear that perspective and, you know, not that it was hard for me to interview him, but I was nervous. And, you know, it's not the same feel good, fun loving interview. This is somebody that, you know, the casino, uh, for all of us, we're trying to get our comps. And for us, we're trying, we, we, it's like trick or treat with the casino. We go, hopefully we win. And if not, hopefully we get some comps. But, you know, if they get, if they get the advantage on you, it could go downhill fast. Yeah, and you know it's tough having an, have a a gambling podcast. People want to hear happy stuff. They want to hear strategies. But you know, in the background, we really have to be aware that we may have family or or uh, friends that are really struggling with gambling. And you know, it's, it is something that we just have to be aware of. And the the inter the, the interesting twist too is you, it's because it it. it, it a gambling problem it it could take uh, effect in anyone of any um financial situation you know it could be somebody that is on unemployment that's buying lottery tickets you know or scratch off tickets and they can't pay their bills and they're buying scratch off tickets or it could be a guy like him has the world you know in the palm of his hand and somehow just goes down this path of thinking you could beat a casino and what was really interesting to me that they didn't really talk about in the documentaries was he wasn't counting. That's why these casinos were having him in there is he was playing a, basically a basic strategy, it seems like he was talking about. And mm, he was yeah. just saying, you know, I'm going to do my basic strategy and I'm going to uh, gamble. And that's really what it was. There wasn't some sort of, you know, I was expecting there to be some sort of little backdoor like, oh, he was, yeah, he was, you know, trying to count or do this or that. But it was like, you know, he just really had a unhealthy obsession with with blackjack. And to hear him now, you know, from the radio before and the radio now, it's like he's still the same funny guy. But, you know, that it took hold on him. It's it's I mean, it's similar in, you know, hearing him talk, it made it feel similar to like a drug addiction more than I really would think, you know, where it's like. It's it be it's part of your psyche. It becomes so much part of your what you're thinking about doing. Like hearing about saying he was playing, you know, he's at parties playing blackjack on his phone in the bathroom. It's like, you know, it's it's funny when it's not a problem. You know, it's it's funny until it's not funny. You know, where there's like right. there really is a fine line of oh, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm playing uh, online poker on my phone. <laughs> you know, but if you're playing online poker on your phone for two hundred dollars a hand. Maybe it's not so funny if you're half paying it. You know what I mean? If you can't yeah. enjoy a party because you, you got this urge to go play high stakes poker or blackjack or something on your phone. So 
I want to thank, you know, I don't know who knows if he's, Craig's even going to listen to this, but I want to thank him again for coming on the whole thing, Robin. And for me, that was a big get. I, I could retire happy now from the podcast, I think. That was my one of my inspirations. Yeah, that was that was really good. Really good piece. But, you know, that's not all we got here, Robin. What we, we talked to Craig and we, we heard we heard his uh, his problems with the casino and how he's re, he's a resurgence of Craig Carton. He's back on the air, successful, wishing the best of luck. But we got to get back into some of our gambling, Robin. And uh, I think it's about time. Uh, do, do you want to hop into your uh, to your trip report here? Absolutely. All Anytime. Right, let's do it. Trip reports. Yeah. All right. So a couple weeks ago. Foxwoods Resort Casino had one of their, uh, which they're doing more frequently now to probably drum up some business from people like us, a tier credit multiplier day, Robin. And it was a, a five times tier credit. That's the highest I've ever seen at Foxwoods advertises the five times tier credit multiplier. I had some stuff come up. I actually did the Carton interview that day. So, uh, you know, I can't believe Carton took precedence over my Foxwoods points. One of the few people who I would have blew off the five times points for to interview was that was Craig Carton. But you were able to get up there, Robin, and I want to hear how it happened. So, and not to not to make this uh, you know like an investigative reporting here, but what, what? So you woke up and you went to the casino. The points start at six. Generally, you know, there's a time. I, that's something I always do, and that's something for the listeners is if they have a multiplier, find out when it starts. Get there early. Get, that's what I like to do. But what did you do, Robin? Did you wake up? Did you set your alarm for five? It was dark out. You warmed the car up and went up to Foxwoods. Uh yeah, pretty much. I like to get there nice and early, and uh, so I went to uh, Foxwoods. Let me see. I think I got there about seven. Uh, I played a little bit. Then I met uh, my buddy Joe at uh, the Rainmaker. Now, I, um, I, I got to back you up here, Robin. When you say play a little bit, now are we talking? You went and played some video poker. You went to a slot. You went to a table. What, what was your, you know, seven a.m. I want to relax. I'm going to take a guess. Now my guess might be wrong. I would think you would go to a video poker bar. And maybe you bring your coffee with you, and you play some video poker with a nice warm coffee in the morning on that cold winter day. Did I get it right? Were you a fly on no. the wall or something? <laughs> I mean, absolutely nailed it. Well, that's probably what I would have did too. A lot of times when I get up there too, I don't go right to the craps table. I like to take a seat, take it all in. So you went to the, so, that, so I'm, I'm assuming the video poker went mezz and mezz. You had your coffee, maybe you broke even. Yeah, yeah, because our our main our main uh, plan was to play. Uh, uh, now you're speaking. Um, my, I'm getting jealous already. I, hang on. I think my mouth's watering here. I got to get a napkin. Yeah. Yep, no drooling, please. Now, if no, Fox was, was, when did the tables, Pygow tables open on a weekday these days? Well, that's that's what started to uh, to frame our our plans, because we were, we were expecting to get to the Rainmaker Casino at about uh, 10 o'clock to play some Pygow poker. And when we got there. The Rainmaker uh, Casino was actually closed, and it opened up at twelve. But there are no table; there were no table games there that were open any time of the day. These tables have been closed. It was just the Rainmaker Casino with slots and, and VP, oh. or maybe it, I, I didn't. You're not even allowed to go in there before twelve. So I didn't know if maybe they also had uh, some electronic games there. I haven't been in that part of the part of Foxwoods. Like forever, so, um, so then we didn't know what to do, so we we just walked around a little bit, you know, chatted, and uh, we ended up in um, around where the Fox uh, Fox Theater is, um, probably the, the back end of the Cedar Casino. Okay, all and, right. Uh, so on our way, on our way to that, Joe uh, said, uh, "Play this machine. It's um, 
Funda Fundu, I think. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know the name, but I know you're – is it one of the ones with the little pot on it that fills up, or is it just one of the regular uh, Funda Fulu, Fundale, or whatever the hell they are? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's an AGS machine, so it's got that really flat – uh, flat front, flat screen. Um, and, uh, Joe said, Hey, my mother likes this particular sh- machine. Why don't you play it? And on the second pull, I hit for a $900 jackpot. Hey, what so, was, what was the bet? What was the bet you were on there? Oh, I was only playing like a buck 50 or let me see. It's 88 cents. So a buck 76 It's buck um, 76. Was it a pay line hit or a progressive hit? Um, it was, uh, a pay line hit. Wow. Um, I got, I got the bonus and the bonus turned into, um, I can't, I can't remember. All I know is that man, you know, the, the coins were screaming all over the, <laughs> the, I'm sure when you were sitting there, you're like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> Usually yeah, you get out of yeah. your bonus and you're like, eh, 30 bucks. Uh, this is this one you were like, uh, and Hey, you were under the hand pay threshold too. So you got to just cash out, get the hell out of it. Yes. There. Yeah, that's right. So now I, so we had money to play, uh, play with. And, uh, we went to, uh, the, um, Hampton high area, uh, slots and, and, my, uh, tables, my favorite. And, area. um, yeah. And, and they didn't open up until 12. Hey, see, so, that's, that's the toughest Robin, not to cut you off again, but that's what really breaks my heart is there was nothing better than getting up there early and going and playing some pie gal. It's like, you know, even when there's, there's another couple multipliers coming up and it's tough. Cause I like getting there nice and early and beating crowds yep. and not being around people. And it's yep. like, you know, the, 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 no pie gal at all. I could, I could weep. Yeah. Um, at another casino that I won't mention, it just happens to be another casino in Connecticut. Um, they open their pie gal tables at nine oh. and they only open up three. You can hardly, even that early, um, people were waiting at nine o'clock for the tables to open. So, you know, they're, they're keeping the, the number of tables of pie gal down to a minimum. Like, for example, even in Twin River, they've got pie gal, but one table Oof. and that's it. So, you know, so we so we did wait. We went to um, we went to the high uh, the, the high rollers lounge and uh, they had it in the ballroom area. And, you know, I have got to tell you, I, I think that they at Foxwoods have a good idea of how to present a small buffet. Uh, lots of room, lots of distancing. Uh, people were following the protocols, and um, and the food was good. So, we so had, you felt uh, safe. We had breakfast. You felt safe in in the in the lounge there, because what they 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 have the lounge now. It's like in the I forget what the, like the ballroom area next to that Dunkin' Donuts right. on on the the Pequot area there. Right, right. Okay, yeah. so th- so they they set that up, and I'm so, and I'm, I would imagine because the other ones, not that they were crammed, crammed, but you know, six feet apart, you could probably have two tables, you know, three tables in oh, the old yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. So no, uh, this, so that's uh, good to know. They're still taking care of you know uh, the players. And how was the spread? To be honest with you, was it was it uh, sandwiches? Did you get a little? Did they have any hot stuff? Did you get any wonton soups? Well, it was they were serving breakfast. Oh, I mean, okay. so we were. <laughs> that makes sense. You, you, you got there at seven a.m. I'm already. I'm already getting a, a wonton soup in your system, Robin. If I were there. <laughs> no, but you know the food was food was decent. I got to say, the um, the pastries looked good. The sausage and I mean, you know you're behind plexiglass, and the servers are behind their side of the plexiglass. So what so, do you, you point? Are you pointing to the? Hey, I want some of that, and they make the plate for you. 
Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. So that's the, and you know what too, and it's weird because you know who knows how many germs I gobbled down before COVID because I was you know you know how it used to be. Now you don't even want to touch the escalator rail. <laughs> you know, never mind know, at the, at the casino know. buffet what the hell was going on over there. <laughs> so you felt you felt safe. You you poked through the glass. You said I want this and this. You got great food. So what, what time? What time are you at when you're? This is still early, right? You got there at seven. You you, you played a little VP. You won nine hundred dollars, yep. and then you already ate a free uh, breakfast. So what are we talking like nine a.m. ten a.m. You're ready to hit the floor like a wild man. Well, no, that we were having breakfast. They had breakfast up until about eleven thirty, so we were just missing the lunch, the lunch switchover. But uh, but that's okay. It was it was fine, and then we were uh, all ready to to go hit some pie gal. All right, so you, you went to the pie gal. I'm assuming at that uh, at the Hampton High Limit kind of by on the Pequot in the Pequot uh, Casino. Right. We we you and I played there once before. Yeah, I I, I love it there. I love my Fiji waters, Robin. I love my feet. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, first, first and most importantly, what were the limits when it opened up on a Friday morning? Now, this is this is what's this is a little weird to me because I've heard people mention that even in that room that the uh, the minimum is twenty five dollars, um, which is not bad for Pai Gao. You know, I mean, a lot of pushes and, and you know, it's not bad. But I was wondering if it was because of five times points day, the minimum was fifty dollars. Oh, and I I almost pooped my pants, man. I mean, it's getting I've, tough. 50, I, I, 50, 25, even with a few hundred dollar bankroll, 25, you could it's palatable. You could say, all right, let right. me we'll see how this goes. But 50, you know, a couple of bad breaks, your your bankroll could d- diminish very quickly. I'm assuming you had yep. to sit down and, and the hockey glass. You had your hockey glass, four people, a table instead of six, which I don't mind, actually, to be honest with you. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. And as you know, I just had to get get used to uh, not banging into the glasses. But uh, um, the fifty the fifty dollar limit turned out to be all right. We uh, <laughs> we played we played four hours. I le- I I was at the table from twelve o'clock to about four thirty, and uh, and I lasted. I, you know, I lost a couple hundred, and uh, I got the, uh, the bonus. They have a, a pie gal bonus where if you have a um, a pie gal, uh, king, king, and and below. Um, then you get to spin this electric wheel, uh, for a particular bonus. Some of which are envy bonuses as well. So you know, I, and I got that a couple times, which tells you how bad some of my hands were. <laughs> um, but uh, all in all, man, we had a great time. Uh. Uh, Joe ordered his favorite uh, coffee milkshake, and uh, and I had Fiji water and Fiji water, and and uh, it, it was great. It was uh, just a, a great great place. And I and I just one other thing, the guy in the pit, the pit boss, his name is Fred. He was just fantastic because it had been a long time since I played Paigao. He actually uh, reminded me. Well, let me see. I. Couple times, pull my cards, you know, away from the table under the plexiglass. I had to keep them, you know, forward. One time, I asked the dealer, uh, "How would you play this?" <laughs> and and uh, he said, "No, no, no, no. Everyone's got to have their hands done first before you ask me." And um, so finally, Fred comes over and he says, "Listen, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mean to bother you, but you can't place a bet for your friend over here. Uh, the people in the sky." Are watching and and they don't uh, they don't like to see that. 
Really? Um, huh. And he went and he went into saying that they're being much more strict at their casino. And I would imagine everybody's casinos because there are now fines that are involved in terms of making sure that things go right. Uh, distancing goes right. Uh, masks worn, you know? So this guy, that makes sense. I guess they don't want people you going into somebody else's little cubicle area where your chips, you sneezed on or something. I, I I can see the COVID regulations and they're also, they're under, you know, not that they're Foxwoods itself, but casinos are under scrutiny because everything's closing down. And let's be real. Friday morning, you rolled up to the casino, got a free buffet. You know what I mean? So the casinos are still open doing things that a lot of places can't do. So I would imagine that the last thing they want is to get crushed by some unreasonable, ridiculous fine for something like that. Sure, sure. And the fines are expensive, too. So but this guy, Fred, had been has been at Foxwoods for a long time. And he was able to tell you exactly what you did wrong, not to do it again. And in such a friendly way that. You said thanks. And and he was, man, I've never met a pit boss who was so cool about, you know, informing you to not do something and not making you feel guilty about it. He, so it was you know, like kudos he, to Fred. He wanted you to have a good time. Sometimes you get the dealers and pit bosses that it's almost like they're happy when you lose your money where this guy was like, you know what? You're here to have a good time and I'm here to be the, the conduit to you have a good time within the rules. Yep. Yep. So, you know, it was a great day. Unfortunately, I didn't go right home after I uh, I left there and I did play some slots to try to, you know, push that push that tier level up. Um, wasn't too successful. It reminded me of your story about the uh, the craps table there the uh, <laughs> last time. Oh, and, the, uh, the, 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 not the slow drain, the toilet flush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the one. That's the one. So, um, so I went home, but I had uh, I basically made four hundred dollars for the day, and uh, and I was seventy points away. So I did go one more time last week, uh, four times points. Like you've been saying, Foxwoods has been adding its multipliers, and I've never seen them have so many multipliers in a month. Um, I, I love it. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't Maybe the economics of the higher, the, the high rolling is different now with the the different lounge setup and they have less people, you know, they're, they're the, because they never did that. They were very tough. You know, it'd be three times to your credits would be like, oh, my God, we got I got to take a vacation day from work. And oh, they, yeah. do, they usually only had two times. Which is was the highest, and I went. went, I did notice they changed. They had the Pointzilla promotion where, when they first did it, it was multiplier for tier credits and rewards points. And I see that now they've separated. A lot of times, it'll be a tier credit multiplier, or they'll have the Pointzilla point multiplier, and then on special days, they'll have the two times for both of them. Which I I Mm, think marketing wise. I love it because I go check now to see when the promo days are. Should I take a vacation day from work? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Where it's like it's giving me someone who's going less a reason to start going again. You know, it's making, oh, I, giving I, me something to plan around. I totally agree. And I, I think um, Foxwoods has the right idea. And I wish that some of the other casinos in New England would, would get the idea. Multipliers get people there because multipliers give you something for your play immediately. You don't have to stick around for entries. You don't have to uh, swipe and hope that you get something. You know, it's like real immediate um, immediate action. So, Spe- speaking of the, the 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 wait around, I hope they get rid of that type of uh, 
that that type of uh, I don't want to say uh, I guess contest they would call them where you where you where you get all your, your your register and then they do the drawings and everyone stands around like a bunch of maniacs at like eight o'clock or something. I yeah, hated yeah. those. Those are the worst because what's the last thing you want to do? And then you and especially with COVID now they probably can't ever do them again. But it'd be hundreds of people cramming to like one television screen that's given like somebody's name and you got like ten minutes to claim the thing or you lose out. Yeah, some of the casinos in New England are still doing those types of things. But I just see it as, you know, I hear Bob Dancer talking about some of those that he has won. But you're talking about people who have a big bankroll to be able to get all those entries. And it's just, I just think, I I see it as a, just a way to get you there and to play long, you know. Um, And I just don't think it's fair. I can't, I, I... Matter of fact, on any time gambling site, when we do the promotions, we don't include those uh, those promotions at all. I, I refuse to to uh, list them. Wow, I, I love that we got. <laughs> I love how we're prejudiced against this promotion type together. I didn't realize Absolutely. that. Well, Absolutely. but it, it is true because it's like you know what? I put in my time, I spent my money, I lost whatever, and now I got to stand here and and wait to see if I won the stupid prize. It's like you can't. They can't just tell me, or or it can't be like I don't mind this, when you swipe the kiosk, you do the pick the whatever. You know those are those are fine, whatever. But there's nothing worse than you. Oh, I got oh I got 200 entries into the raffle tonight at 9 p.m. I got to hang around somehow until then. Because my, if I not, I could win and then find out I won and not not get anything. That that right, would be a killer. Right. That's like having the winning a winning a lotto ticket and then it expires and you still got the ticket as a souvenir. Yeah, yeah. So you were at Pygal from like twelve thirty. Not to, not to go backwards here, but you were at Pygal for many hours. We're talking five times tier credits. We're talking fifty dollars a hand robin. You must have had points falling out of your pockets. You must have took your coat off the next day. You found some points in that pocket. How many? You must have got uh, you know hundreds of hundreds of points at least. Um, I needed. Uh, I think it was eighteen hundred points, and I got all the way up to seventy left. So. Um, and I, and I left at with 70 to go because I knew that I could go back and easily, easily take care of that on a, another multiplier. And and for Joe Schmoes, that's a big, I work, we're calling them points, but I guess technically we should be calling them tier credits, but for Joe Schmoes, that's a lot of tier credits for me. I, I, you know, I I rarely would make that in a, I don't know if there's been a year I made that many tier credits at Foxwoods. You know, obviously I, up until recently I would play it all different, you know, it's, it's tough because you want to go to different casinos. So it's, you know, with COVID it's easier to concentrate on one casino because you're like, mm. all right, I can't go to, you can't just gallivant and go to a bunch of casinos. I mean, you could, but you try to be safe, but that's a lot of, I, you know, I'm getting, je- I might have to look at the, get down the website now, see when the next tier credit day is. I'm jealous, Robin. I I, I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. I might have to go, I have to go play some, <laughs> some poker on my phone myself in the bathroom here because I'm getting jealous of all these tier credits you got. So getting up to platinum and the, the nice thing about getting the next tier is you do get some perks. I think with platinum, you, you'd get access to those high rollers lounges, correct? That's it. That's what was really important for me because uh, um, I enjoy that that high roller lounge access uh, at, at the Mohegan Sun. I enjoyed it when they had it at MGM Springfield. And uh, it, it's just a nice chance to stop, take a breath, you know, relax, reevaluate and, you know, before you go out there and, and gamble again. Yeah, Platinum's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, your Hampton Lounge access. Oh, birthday offers. I, I think you, I think you get what's it called? You get uh, a, a percentage off at the shops too. On, with, with yeah, the, yep. I've been scoping it out. I feel I I feel bad too because I want to get back to MGM Springfield. It's really a shame. You feel bad for places like that where it's like you know they opened up, they start to gain some momentum, 
And then it's like, what are you going to do? I actually, one of, one, I had a, one of my vendors at work, we were talking. He's like, oh, yeah. He's telling me the story. Him and his buddy, they got in the car. They went up to MGM Springfield. It was like, uh, I forget what day of the week it was. They were all ready. It closes at like 10 p.m. now or something. He was like, do we got it up does. there? He's yep. like, I got one cocktail. And the guy was like, well, you want to close out because we're closing? He's like, what do you mean? The bar's closing? He's like, no, the casino closes. <laughs> he was like, what? Yeah. yeah. And he, they drove yeah. all the way to Springfield. And they didn't, you know, as a casual gambler, you're not, you don't even think the casino closes, you know, like even to hear your stories of like, this is going to sound pathetic, but hearing the Rainmaker Casino isn't open, you know, to me, it's so depressing, you know, because that was one of the, when the ghost day at the casino, that was the best part is that 24 seven, you're roaming around, you could go everywhere. Now it's like they got a police if you touch anything, you know, that's the set yeah. that we got to get through. Hopefully this vaccine, let's roll this baby out. It's on its way, Robin. It seems like a bunch of people got it already. Get me in line now. We, when nothing terrible's happened, give me it because uh, I'm ready to get the casinos back open. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm still, unlike you, I'm still a little afraid to stay at some of these places. A lot of the hotels aren't open anyways, but uh, at least Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun, you know, their hotels are open. Uh, you know, I live close enough. I don't have to put my, you know, self into a, a position where I'm, I'm worried about catching something. So, uh, yeah, I, I just I drive home. But there's a second part to this story that you don't know. Oh, I, I like I like that. OK, all right. You see, I was 70 points away, so I had to go back. So two weeks ago, I went back. I think it was a four times. Went back very early. Matter of fact, it was I think it was seven o'clock when I got there. And I was the only one besides two other people in the video poker area of uh, Cedars, Cedar, um, Cedar Casino. Okay, video. And, so we're we're talking, and for the people who do know Fox, was this is you know interesting. The people who don't know Fox, was this is nonsense. But so we're talking like they got the the table pit there. So you're talking like kind of to the left of the table pit. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like, and they, yeah, because they got like a couple other smattering of games over. That's kind of where our big Price is Right machine is. Kind of anchors the area on the side there. Yep. Yep. Okay. Perfect. So, I got the visual so, now. So strolling in seven a.m. Video poker. Coffee in your hand. Um. Yes. Coffee. Yes. Hot, hot or iced? Um, hot. Hot. Oh, yeah. It's hot. winter. Hot. Nice hot coffee warming up. Get to the casino. 7 a.m. Nobody's there. All right. So so what do you do? With no one there, did you just switch machines over and over and over because you finally could? Well, I, I didn't really have much time to decide because the first thing I was going to do was go to the progressive um, that they have. It's a triple play, five play. Um, and, uh, so I played a uh, double, double bonus on this machine and I haven't played it in a long time. So, you know, I, and with the progressive up, you know, who, who, who knows, uh, you know, anytime you could hit a flush, you know, but you just don't want to rush the flush. But I just sat down my ninth, uh, my ninth hand got four to the Royal and on the draw, I got the Royal. Wow. So, uh, uh, I got, um, let me see. It was uh, thirteen hundred and twenty-four dollars jackpot. Ooh, and um, you know, I think I did, did. You put this on Twitter. I think I did see this on. I think you did post yeah. this on Twitter. Oh yeah, I was jealous. I now it's all coming back to me. Oh yeah. 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 Now, there's nobody. There's nobody in the casino, including staff. So <laughs> you have to you have to wait longer for hand pays. But you know, if as long as you understand that, it's no big deal. And um, you know, it was great. So that set me up uh, to be able to play. Uh, I played slots to get it, you know, to get it going. Uh, it was okay. I played a little bit of the 
um, video poker at uh, the play bar. Um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I have one more little story to tell you. Ooh, I'm like, I was playing I'm about to go warm the car up and head up tonight, Robin. I'm getting so excited <laughs> for these stories there. I, I was so I went up to the the play bar. I used to really love playing there because the um, the bartenders were just absolutely great. Um, so I started playing, and it it went right downhill immediately. <laughs> it was just not working at all. And so I changed games. And when I changed games, you know how on the side it usually gives you the pay tables. Yeah. You know, like a, a two pair, three of a kind. This didn't show anything like that. And I'm saying, what's up with this? So I changed games. Same thing. So I went back to double, double bonus and clicked on the lower left-hand corner for pay tables. Foxwoods had lowered the pay tables to 7-5 on double, double bonus. And so I guess they didn't want to show it on the, on, on the screen. You really got to look for the, the pay table now. I've never seen that before. You know, don't show the pay tables and you know let them kind of scratch through to find it. So I got I got the the heck out of there and played a little bit more. But it didn't take me long to get platinum seventy points, and I was home probably by ten o'clock. So well, who's better than um, you? Yep, yeah. It was it's been a good couple of couple of uh, times at Foxwoods, and I never used to play at Foxwoods much, but of late they've uh, they've done me good. You know, the, whatever whatever marketing the switch they did with the uh, the tier credit multipliers and and the little freebies they give you, I think they're doing an okay. You know, it's it's crazy because honestly, uh, let's let's be real. Mohegan is beautiful. If I had you know, if I were a, a trillionaire and I had all the money in the world, I would probably rather be a high roller at Mohegan Sun. You know, I'd, mm, I'd probably right. rather be, but. It's harder to be one, and Mohegan Sun, there's a lot of people that feel that way. So my, you know, this is going to sound piddlins for me, but I feel like Foxwoods need, appreciates and needs my business a little more than Mohegan Sun, and it kind of makes you feel good, you know? It's like, hey, I could be with this beautiful girl who doesn't really, kind of wants to be with me half the time, or I could be with this pretty nice girl that, that loves me to death here. Yeah, well, I, you know, Foxwoods is, is trying to do things, but I, I feel like they're just... Um, you know the the ugly stepsister of of these of these two properties because uh, Mohegan Sun is built for um, the situation with COVID with all the space. Meanwhile, Foxwoods has even more space, and they're just closing this casino and that casino. <laughs> no, it's it's really it's um, getting bad out there, and that, that's it's, the it's like you're you're going. It's almost like you're in the city, and everything's getting shuttered. You know what I mean? And then it's yeah, like, well, yeah. the little downtown area is left. That's it. Because oh, they man, just re-renovated yeah, it's, the, it's the buffet, sad. too. And then they, they couldn't even open that. They they re-renovated the, um, I forgot the hell they call it now, the, the but the buffet by the bingo. And now I think it's yep. just the workers eating there. I think last time I went to go spy in there, and it was just staff. It was, it was the staff wow. room because the staff's got to spread out six feet now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, hopefully we yep. get through this. But maybe this will be a good thing for these casinos because hopefully when they reopen, people start coming out and they've streamlined their processes a lot. You got to say, they're, they're, I mean, I'm assuming that revenue, I don't know if there's a way to look up, uh, you know, tribal casino revenue, but I'm assuming it's plunged over this past year. So even with the pie guy, you're saying they, you know, the, the way they play with the limits, the way they open the tables, when it does get hopping again, they're going to be ready to maximize whatever money they are making, where maybe, you know, not that they were giving out a lot of free stuff, but maybe they, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be good days for Foxwoods coming out of this uh, COVID and the vaccine coming in. 
Well, I, I hope so, and, and especially hope so because there are so many employees that, you know, are being furloughed or or laid off, and and I'd like to see all those people back at work. So, I'm I'm saying um, I made a prediction on on the on the site that said that I think we'll be seeing a big difference late in the summer, and um, with vaccines and still protocols and masks and things, I think you're going to see a big change. Um, it could be just my hope, my hope in, uh, that things are going to change, but I, I really do think that things are going to start to open up for Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, um, Twin River is, it seems to be doing better than those two. And when you talk about revenue, um, Massachusetts is, is, is having just as bad of a time with revenue last, last November than, than as Connecticut. So it, it's going to be tough, but I I can see it just turning around a little bit, little by little. Um, I think everything's going to be all right. From your lips to, uh, to Dr. Fauci's ears, Robin, I'm rooting for, yeah. I'm freaking rooting for you. But before we get out of here, uh, it's the new year, Robin. Uh, I think we. Uh, do, you have any, do you have any gambling resolutions this year? I, I'm I'm going to wing mine. I'm kind of springing this on you, but I I I loaded up the, the New Year's song in my little mixer here, so I'm I'm going to pop this on, and maybe we'll do some New Year's resolutions. Maybe maybe I'll go first here, and then okay. we'll, we'll go, here we go, here we go. Let's let's set it up here. My, my one of my favorite songs here. Oh, yeah, here we go. I can shed a tear when I hear this song. I don't know what it is about the year changing over, Robin. It's like, not that it's a fresh start, but you look around at the normal New Year celebrations, and and everyone wants the next year to be a better year. Even if last year was great, you always want something better. And, you know... This last year was tough, but there, you know, there's a sometimes there's a lot of beauty and some ugly stuff that can happen to all of us. And you know, my resolution this year is to really appreciate. And this is casino resolution, so I'm not too much of a degenerate here. So this is just casino oriented, but I'm going to really appreciate my time at the tables this year. If they take that plexiglass at the craps table down, I'm going to appreciate slapping hands with that guy that normally I might say get the hell away from me. And who knows, I might say get the hell away from me later in the year. But I'm going to start off on the good foot and. My biggest resolution, Robin, is selfish. I want to get that platinum status with you because I want to go into the lounge and not be a guest. I want to bring you to the lounge for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, my uh, that that would be nice because that was my my resolution too. I didn't. I was tired of being a, a guest for other people. My resolution is uh, COVID has taught me that I need to play less, and when I play, play harder. So it's going to be less visits and bigger plays when I go. I like that. I, I, you know what, Robin? I'm going to piggyback. I'm going to turn this music down here, but I'm going to piggyback. I like that. Go less, play harder. I like that. Maybe I like a T-shirt. Because <laughs> I've been there enjoying that myself as a guy. who I, I used to want to go at least twice a month. And that's not even a lot to some people who, who go to the casino. But I would want to go at least twice a month. If I didn't go once a month, I'd be like, what am I doing? But, you know, now it's like... I've changed my mindset where I kind of like going and being like, we'll let it hang out. And if it's a great day, maybe I'll be back a little sooner. If my little 403G gambling fund gets drained, maybe I'll save up and come back for another big play day. I I love that. Yep. Robin, you know the drill. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's all this New Year's talk. I don't know if it's the casinos opening up. I don't know if it's the fact I got my uh, one of my heroes on the show, Craig Carton, to talk about his uh, his gambling trials and tribulations. I learned a lot. 
But I got a funny feeling, Robin, between me, you, anytime gambling, all our pals out in Vegas. Do I name all the podcasts? I don't know if I can. Oh. But, I, <laughs> but I got a funny feeling that between everyone out here, 20 to 2021, that together we're going to make luck happen.